You're listening to Guides for Brides, the wedding podcast. I'm Nikita from Team GFB, and if you're planning your wedding or helping someone who is, you're in the right place, because I'll be discussing trends, practical planning tips, and more with the help of some special guests along the way. So let's get started with today's episode. Hello and welcome back to Guides for Brides, the wedding podcast. Today we'll be talking all about wedding finances. Woo! How fun is that? But no, seriously, this is a really, really important part of wedding planning. We all know weddings aren't cheap, so budgeting is a very important step in your wedding planning. And ultimately, if you get that financial side of your wedding right, you're going to significantly ease the planning stress. So, without further ado, let's talk about budgeting. Okay, so when I give this talk at the National Wedding Show, I always start with the million dollar question, and that is, how much does a wedding actually cost? And my response usually is, well, how much does a holiday cost? Because I guarantee you're all thinking about your dream holiday right now, and it's all going to be vastly different Some of you might prefer the idea of a camping holiday in Wales, or some of you might want an all-inclusive five-star luxury resort in Dubai. Those holidays have a hugely different price point, and it really depends on the person's style and preferences. And it's exactly the same when it comes to a wedding. Now, this question also tends to get thrown around in the press a lot, and so the answer is always different depending on the context. So, take the numbers you see in the press with a pinch of salt, because people will have different priorities and varying financial situations, and there really is no one-size-fits-all here. What I can tell you is the average couple using Guides for Brides is spending within the region of £12,000 to £20,000 on their wedding. Now, that doesn't mean to say that if your wedding budget falls outside of this bracket, that you're either not going to have the best day possible or that your wedding's going to be too ostentatious. That is not what I'm saying here. We all have different financial priorities. And if you want to spend more on your wedding, that's great. If you want to spend less on your wedding, that's fine too. Just take those numbers with a pinch of salt because ultimately when it comes to wedding planning it's a personal choice how much you spend and you shouldn't let anyone else tell you what you should and should not spend on your big day now we have the big question out the way let's talk about the three key things you need to do before you actually start spending money on your wedding the first thing on that list is establish the budget There is no point, I promise you, in making inquiries to businesses without having an idea of what you can actually spend. For those businesses, this is crucial in ensuring that they are the right choice for you. They don't want you to feel like you're overspending and equally they don't want to under deliver on your expectations. So understanding your overall budget and equally what you want to spend on each element is really important, even if it is just a ballpark figure. You might go to your florist and say, you know what, I don't really know what I want for my wedding yet, but I know that my floristry budget is £2,000, for example. What kind of thing can that get me? And these are the kinds of questions you need to be asking when you first make those inquiries, because ultimately they're going to get a better idea of the kind of service they can deliver to you for that amount. The second thing you need to do is establish your priorities. The most common priority for couples is their venue and catering. However, some may want to spend less on this and really prioritise hiring an incredible live band for the reception, for example, or buying their dream wedding dress. 
everyone's priorities are different and there's really no right or wrong way to go about it. So my recommendation for this is usually to have three top priorities and equally make a note of the things that aren't as high a priority for you where you could potentially take the budget from if those key priority items, those three things on the top of your list, become a little bit more expensive than you initially anticipated. Finally, you need to do your research. So this will involve actually speaking to venues and suppliers about some quotes, about what they can offer you, maybe looking on Pinterest and sending around some uh, inspiration photos to them and saying, you know, this is my budget, this is the thing I love, what can you do for me? Is this achievable? And if it's not achievable, what can we change about it to make it uh, make it as similar as possible? It may also involve looking at the general retail price of your dream wedding dress um, and understanding whether that dress is in your price range or whether you need to go to the bridal boutique and approach it as, here is the dress that I've fallen in love with on Pinterest. I know I can't afford it, um, but what styles have you got that are similar to this that I would equally fall in love with when it's on me. While you're thinking about those three things, it's worth bearing in mind that your budget will ultimately depend on the balance between two key areas. First of all, the number of guests you're inviting. Inevitably, the more people you invite to your wedding day, the higher the cost will be. And then the level of luxury. So the more luxurious you want your day, the higher the cost per head. So you need to find a balance between those two things. Some couples want a wedding with a high level of luxury and are willing to keep it small, while others want to be surrounded by friends and family and therefore compromise on the level of luxury. What you may find is that a micro wedding, say around 15 people at a luxurious London wedding venue with a six course tasting menu, for example, will cost a similar amount to a wedding with um, 200 guests and a buffet meal in a more DIY style countryside venue. And that's absolutely fine. It really doesn't matter what you spend on your wedding and what those balances are. It's what's right for you at the end of the day. And there's really no right or wrong when it comes to doing this. You've just got to know what is right for you. And I think that's the key thing here. Make sure you and your partner are happy with what you're spending and equally you're happy with the balance of these two things because you need to be happy with the number of people that you're going to have at your wedding day but equally you also need to be happy with the cost per head so just make sure that you are finding the right balance for you. So now those key things are out the way how do we actually establish a wedding budget? So establishing the wedding budget involves working out how you will actually fund your wedding day what you can currently afford and how long it will take you to reach your target. So first of all, we recommend working out who is contributing to your wedding and what they're contributing to. Um, In more traditional families, parents may want to pay for the entire event. However, we're finding more commonly now that your family members and friends sometimes want to pay or contribute to a specific element of your wedding, such as your grandma wanting to pay for your flowers. Find out what you're working with there. What are they wanting that money to go towards? And how much are they willing to give towards it? You really need to know what you're working with. You don't want to be left in the dark and it will be an awkward conversation, but it needs to happen. 
Next, you need to work out how much of your own savings and earnings you're going to be using towards the wedding. Work out what you've already got to spend. You may have been saving for the last 18 months, for example, to plan your wedding and you're ready to start now. That's great, but you still need to work out what you will need from those savings and whether you need to continue to save more. And a lot of this will be based on that previous research we talked about at the beginning. And then that ties nicely in working out your ideal planning time frame. Obviously, the longer you give yourselves to plan, the more money, in theory, you can save for the big day and the more time you have to make sure you can successfully pay those balances because those balances will be due before the wedding day. Finally, responsible borrowing. Some couples, and it's more common than you think, will have loans to help them pay off their wedding in affordable set chunks. And some couples prefer to use credit cards, especially a 0% credit card, to give them the chance to pay off their initial deposits within a set amount of time. If you are doing this, please make sure you're doing it responsibly. Do your research with comparison sites like um, Loans Warehouse, Money Supermarket, and be really strict with yourselves. The current average APR rate for a credit card in the UK is approximately 25%. So you just need to imagine that cost being added on top of the thousands you're likely to spend on your wedding. And it's not a great picture. (laughs) What you don't want to do is start off married life in a financial position that you weren't prepared for. So just make sure you've read the fine print, you've read the small text on the contracts, and that you're happy with what we're walking into before you agree to those loans and credit cards. If there is one tip I want you to take away from this podcast is that once you've determined your wedding budget, whatever that figure will be, immediately take 10% away and pretend it doesn't exist. What you're doing here is creating a contingency fund. It is a fallback that you only touch when you absolutely need to. So for a £15,000 wedding, for example, I'm going to take away £1,500 and then I'm left with the wedding budget of £13,500. The contingency fund, I don't touch until I absolutely need it. But what you might find is that that contingency fund also helps you to get the elements that you are wanting for your wedding without actually going over the cost that you initially were happy with. For example, you may walk into a bridal boutique and put on your dream wedding dress. You may have budgeted £1,000 for that dress, but that dress costs £1,200. That contingency fund is going to help you get there and it'll help you avoid going over that budget, acting as a nice buffer for you and generally allows you then to be confident in the decisions that you're making. So now that you've established your wedding budget, How do you decide how much you should be spending on each element? Before I go into this, I do want to remind you listeners out there that it doesn't cost much to actually do the legal marriage. If you were going to just go to a registry office, pay the registration fees um, and then turn up on a Tuesday morning with your partner and your witnesses, no fancy frocks or anything like that that would cost you less than around £150 just to do that wedding. But seeing as you're thinking about having a wider celebration and listening to our podcast, I'm assuming that's probably not what you want to do. But the reason I make this point is because the rest is absolutely your choice. The reason I say this is to remind you that there is absolutely no right or wrong amount of money to spend on your wedding. It is completely down to you and what you wish to take from the expectations of your friends and family. 
Do not let anyone tell you what you should be spending because ultimately this is down to you and you need to be comfortable with the amount that you're spending on your wedding. You can literally spend hundreds of pounds or hundreds of thousands of pounds on a wedding day. It really doesn't matter. It's down to you to be confident in what you're spending. So with that in mind, here's how the average couple on Guides for Brides spends their wedding budget. First of all, 45% of the average budget is spent on the venue slash marquee and catering. So whether you're having a marquee wedding at home with external caterers or choosing a wedding venue with a set catering package, as a benchmark, you can generally expect to spend around 45% of your total budget on that element. Again, though, guys, it really is what you are happy with. If you are prioritizing that element, you may wish to spend more. If you're not as bothered about it, it might end up being less. But that just gives you a ballpark idea. In the show notes, I will also put a link to um, our wedding budget calculator handout that I usually take to things like the National Wedding Show with me that help you work out um, the 45% of your budget. And it will also help you work out what that equates to as a cost per head. So if you'd like that, head to guidesforbrides.co.uk and look at the show notes for this episode. So the other two things we see couples prioritizing is bridal wear and photography. So these generally equate to seven to eight percent of the spend um, and it is usually that similar in amount but again there is no right or wrong here. I do feel like I'm being a bit of a parrot by saying this but you know if you're not bothered for example to have that to spend thousands of pounds on your on a wedding dress That's absolutely fine. It's your wedding day. You need to do it your way. You may prefer to have an amazing live band or DJ perform at your reception and get everyone on the dance floor. It's totally up to you. So just make sure that you are happy with what you're spending. But that is what couples are generally prioritizing. If you do want to dig into this a bit more, you can head to our budget planner on our online planning tools and get a detailed breakdown of what other couples would spend your budget on. That's guidesforbrides.co.uk forward slash planner. So you've allocated your wedding budget. How do you stick to it? So I've got quite a few tips here for you um, because I think arguably sticking to the budget while you're planning is one of the most difficult parts everyone seems to think it's going to be so so easy and there it it can be easy if you stick to these tips that I'm about to give you but just remember it's one of those wedmin things that is not the fun part and often those things get pushed to the side so what I will say is if you're going to do anything and you've got a really, really strict budget that you need to stick to, make sure you prioritize this Wedmin task. Maybe do it once a month just to check in and make sure that you're on track. So we've got quite a few tips here for you. First and arguably most important is to keep track of your spending. I love a spreadsheet. I know when I do this talk at the National Wedding Show, I always ask the audience who loves a spreadsheet and the majority of the rooms whack their hand up like in the most (laughs) vigorous way because lots of people do enjoy creating spreadsheets. So we've got some great news for you guys. Once you finish listening to this podcast, you're going to set up a wedding budget spreadsheet and then on at least a monthly basis, check in to make sure your spending is on track. On one side of that spreadsheet, put what you intend to spend on each element. And then on the other side, put what you're actually spending. And as you keep track, you'll be able to see the changes. 
What you might find is that you spend more than you anticipated on one particular area, that's fine. As long as you're as long as you're consistently keeping track, you'll be able to go back and check that what you've done is right and where you can move that money around. Secondly, be realistic about your savings targets. I promise you guys there will be a takeaway on your dinner table in the next 18 months. Be realistic about these savings targets. There will always be dinner dates, um, Christmas presents, friends' birthdays, all of those things that you will need to participate in. Ultimately, you don't want to cut out all of life's little luxuries um, while you're wedding planning. You've still got to live during this period, but there are some clever ways you could save money by cutting back in a few areas um, and see if you and your partner can sit down and work out where you could creatively save money. So for example, if you're a couple that goes to work five days a week into the office and spends around three pound each on a takeaway coffee every single day, Monday to Friday, you could actually save one and a half thousand pounds over the course of a year by cutting that spend out or by bringing your own coffee in and a travel mug every morning. That's a beautiful wedding dress. So see what I mean there? Cutting out six pounds a day from your daily spend seems minor, but over the course of a year, it can equate to something that is actually a really big and important element for a lot of people. Again, use credit cards and loans responsibly. Keep on top of those APRs. You don't want to start married life in a financial position that you weren't prepared for. Next tip, use a separate bank account. So the reason I say this, it helps you avoid dipping into the wedding fund for your daily expenses. You don't want to be spending your wedding budget on the weekly food shop. (laughs) Okay, so make sure you keep your wedding budget in a separate bank account. Um, and then even if you are using your like normal day-to-day spending card to actually pay for things, you can then move that around um, more easily. And therefore, it will be easier to keep track of what you're spending because the statement for that account will only have what's being taken out for the wedding. And you won't have to flick through the many, many pages that all of us have, or is it just me, <laughs> on, our day, on our usual expenses statements. My next tip is to protect your investment. Um, At this point, I usually tell people to get wedding insurance, but you know, since COVID, it is a little bit more difficult to get good insurance. Um, Things are picking up again now, which is great news. But if you can't find a wedding insurer that suits you or you're not happy with the policy, be your own insurance broker. Research the businesses that you're interested in working with, Are they advertising on directories like Guide to Brides? Are they getting involved in styled shoots? What are their reviews like? Are they part of industry associations? Are they recommended by other suppliers? So on and so on. This will help you avoid falling prey to the opportunists who see the wedding industry as an easy win. It's not unusual for scammers to be around. They're around in all industries and not just the wedding industry. But just be aware of them. Make sure you're doing your research. If it doesn't feel right in your gut, don't book them. Equally, you can look out for the WeddingSafe logo, uh, weddingsafe.co.uk, which is a new industry standard. And more and more businesses are joining this standard in order to reassure the couples that they're booking that they run legitimate and trusted businesses. You can go on there and see that they've got public liability insurance. You can see um, 
the templates, contracts that they use, all of that kind of thing is all on there. It's totally free of charge for these businesses to go on and sign up to give you that reassurance. Finally, you need to get clued up on the costs couples forget about. I promise you guys, there really aren't any hidden costs when it comes to wedding planning and your awareness of the unexpected costs will come down to how well you've read your contracts and the questions that you're asking the professionals you're working with. Now, with that being said, I'm going to give you some common costs couples tend to forget about. So let's start with supplier food and drink. Providing your suppliers with sustenance is so important, especially if they're going to be there on the day for the entire day. Someone like your photographer is going to be on their feet all day, moving around, running around after you, running around after your guests. They're going to get exhausted. They're going to need sustenance. Make sure that you know what they're expecting from you so that you can then negotiate the price of that sustenance with the venue or caterer well in advance and maybe even save yourself some money. Next, alterations. Many wedding outfits do not fit off the rack. I promise you, if there's one day you want your clothes to fit you properly, it's your wedding day. I've got a pair of work trousers that I have in four different colors from the same shop. None of them fit the same. They're all the same size. So, you know, ultimately things just don't fit off the rack in the way you want them to and even from the same shop. So make sure you are budgeting for those alterations. I spoke to a bridal boutique recently who told me their top tip for couples who are unsure about what the alterations and even outfit storage of their item of clothing is going to cost. So their tip was to walk into the boutique, the menswear supplier, wherever you are, and say, my wedding dress budget, including alterations and outfit storage, is £2,000. For the dress itself, based on that, what am I working with? And they'll be able to help you and give you an idea of the sort of average cost of alterations and storage for a person like yourself. Next, corkage. If you are supplying your own alcohol, it's common for your wedding venue to charge you a set amount per bottle. So if you are going to bring your own alcohol to your wedding, just look at what that corkage might cost you and see whether it's better for you to um, have a bar that's run by by the venue or to bring your own alcohol. Next, postage. This is probably the most common thing people forget about. You budgeted for the beautiful wedding stationery, but have you remembered to consider what it costs to post it? Again, if you're not sure what that figure will be, speak to the wedding stationer. They'll be able to tell you the dimensions of the things you need to post and the weight. And in which case you can then go onto the Royal Mail website and put those numbers in and they'll be able to give you an idea of the cost of posting each one of those things. Next, registration fees. It's £35 per person to give notice for marriage and it's a necessary fee in order for your marriage to be legally binding. That's all I have to say about that one. (laughs) Additional venue fees. Again, guys, there really aren't any hidden costs when it comes to wedding planning. But if you plan on partying until two in the morning or you're needing to make sure that you've got security or a cloakroom staff, expect there will be extra fees your venue does have to pay their staff for their time and potentially even get additional licenses for different elements so ask your venue if you're wanting things that are not included within the package and they'll be able to give you an idea or an indication of what the price will be of these additional things 
And then finally, your name change. Generally, this is free in most instances, but changing your name on your passport, for example, does generally cost money. And also, if you're wanting to change your name in multiple places, you may need more than one copy of your marriage certificate, which does cost extra. Equally, if you are using a service such as our partners at NameSwitch, there will be an additional fee there. Again, it's all nominal costs, but if you forget about them, they can add up quite quickly. Okay, now we've gone through those, let's look at some money-saving tips that will help you make the most of your budget. So there are two really definitive ways that you can save money on your wedding. First of all, choose a date that is off-peak. Wedding season is generally April to September with some crossover into March and October depending on your venue and Christmas and New Year are generally also considered peak dates. And then choosing a date that's midweek. You'll find, especially for venues that are used exclusively for weddings, that a midweek date is easier to find and much, much cheaper. Of course, this might mean a slightly smaller guest list, but that is also a way that you can save money at the end of the day. So if you are looking for surefire ways to save money on your wedding, off-peak, midweek. Another way you can save money is by taking some calculated risks. I call them calculated risks because the benefits can be huge, but there are also some disadvantages. So I'll go through them. There are three of them. First of all, using newly established businesses. So the benefit of choosing a newly established business is that they'll be wanting to prove themselves, build their portfolio, get some good reviews from couples, and therefore will really go above and beyond for you and often give you more for your money. The downside is that, of course, they aren't as experienced as other businesses that are more well-established and they may not have the same level of connections. Of course, then there is the downside of having to distinguish those genuine newly established businesses with the opportunists. So again, that is all down to doing your due diligence and doing your research before you book. Um, If they are a new wedding business and they are um, listing on sites like Guides for Brides or they're attending wedding fairs or they are at places like the National Wedding Show, that's a really, really good sign because a genuine business will invest in their marketing and in themselves as much as they possibly can. And if they're at places like the National Wedding Show or at wedding fairs or on Guides for Brides, they clearly want to be found by couples and are investing to be there. Next, DIY and using friends and family. So the benefit of that DIY using friends and family is that it can save you lots of money and provide you with the opportunity to really personalize your day. The people that get involved in this will likely go above and beyond for you to make that element really, really beautiful. The downside is, I'll be honest, a professional probably could have done it better. (laughs) Um, Let me tell you a story of an example of this. Someone I know she got married a few years ago on one of the hottest days of the year and a family member made her wedding cake now this wedding cake was absolutely beautiful when it was done it was three tiers it was buttercream icing it looked absolutely stunning but it was the hottest day of the year so far and they were they didn't have the right refrigeration for the cake and they didn't have the dowels that would support it and you can see in the pictures that the this cake just starts melting slightly starting to tip on its side and oh it's just not It's just not the way they would have wanted to remember their wedding cake. And it was quite an important element for them. So 
My advice to you is to weigh up whether you would be better off hiring a professional to handle that element, especially if it's an element that's important to you, or whether you would be happy taking the calculated risk of either doing it yourself or getting a friend or family member to do it for you. And then finally, last minute wedding planning. You can get some fantastic deals by booking your wedding elements at the last minute. We have late availability pages on Guide to Brides where you can find suppliers and venues near you with specific availability. Of course, though, the downside is you can't get your heart set on specific suppliers or venues as they may not be available. So you need to be a bit more flexible with your plans and you may not get your first choice. I think that's the most important thing. If that element is particularly important to you, say you're one of the people that will prioritize their wedding photographer, the best photographers will get booked up well, well in advance. And of course, you might be really, really lucky. You might find your dream wedding photographer that's had a last minute cancellation on your date and therefore is available. Great. But you're probably in a minority. So make sure you're prepared that you might end up having some disappointment um, and you might not get your first choice. So I really hope all of that information has been helpful for you. You can find everything you need for your wedding all in one place on Guides for Brides. So head over to guidesforbrides.co.uk to start planning today and access all of our useful wedding tools, including that budget planner. You can follow us on social media as well at Guides for Brides, where you'll find all sorts of ideas, inspiration, advice and top venue and supplier recommendations. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Guides for Brides, the wedding podcast. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with an expert guest so you're not just listening to me next time (laughs) i hope this episode was helpful for you as always head over to the show notes on guidesforbrides.co.uk forward slash podcast and you'll find all sorts of resources and tips right there on the article about this episode which will help you with your budget planning thanks everyone have a lovely couple of weeks thanks for listening to this episode of guides for brides the wedding podcast Head over to guidesforbrides.co.uk to continue your wedding planning and don't forget to like, follow and subscribe on our social media channels at Guides for Brides. Bye.